Hello and welcome to another episode of the Moisture Farm Report, the Star Wars podcast that's crawling with vulture droids. My name is James Matthews and with me, as always, courtesy of Wheeler Deals Production, it's Adam Wheeler. How are you doing, Adam? My goodness, that was an introduction and a half. I'm good, mate. I'm good. <laughs> I've um, just been sort of having loads of technological issues this morning, which have been a little bit annoying, but we are here ready to uh, ready to talk about another fantastic topic in Star Wars. But um, I kind of just want to briefly touch on James's incredible action figure collection that he's got, which he's just been like... <laughs> Kind of like he's hoarded this whole time. He's obviously had it for so many years, and now he's finally getting an opportunity to like show it at any point whenever <laughs> like we're on Messenger. And he's got so many; it's fantastic. Yeah, they've been up in the loft for years. I went up and dug them out uh, when we started the podcast because I thought, ah, social media content. Uh, it's been good going back <laughs> through them and realizing like all the. I thought it was just a kind of Anakin and Obi Wan and like the main characters, but I've got so many weird ones in there. I, I mean, you. we both grew up sort of around episode two and episode three especially, so yeah. any character from those films is instantly kind of like next <laughs> level, isn't it? It's, like, yeah. <laughs> in it's our probably like anyway. just whoever was still in stock in Argos or something. Yeah. I'll have him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've got a sort of, I think I might have already touched on this, but I've already got like a sort of a small collection of sort of hand-painted sort of action figures, mm. but I don't have, oh, and I've got Lego ones as well. If they can, mm. so yeah. If um, if we need any content, I'll just roll out my Lego Star Wars, and then we'll be fine. Just go in the loft. Yeah, I think all of my Lego. <laughs> I think when we when I last moved, all of my Lego kind of went into one big tub. So like, it's all of the Lego collection I've had, like the Harry Potter and the Lord of the Rings, and like everything else yeah. is just mashed together. Yeah. Which is a real shame because okay. I know I've got. I had a, a Naboo Starfighter set, and that was my favorite Sick. Lego set. It's my favorite yeah. Star Wars ship. Um, but yeah, yeah it's yeah. just it's all the bits are just together with everything else in the loft and I do not have the the patience to go through the box and find it. Shall we, now that we're uh, kind of nicely segued, <laughs> or at least we're trying <laughs> to find a segue into the section. Uh, James, are you ready to talk about your topic this week? Yes, let's do that. But before we get into it, I just wanted to give a quick shout out to Haunted AF uh, because they gave us a mention on their last episode, which is very kind of them. So if you're into, you know, ghost stories, the paranormal, people talking about their own experiences of unexplained things, go and check out Haunted AF, the podcast. It's very good. Definitely recommend it. So my my topic today, I wanted to change things up a little bit because we've talked a lot about like characters and uh, and stories. I wanted to oh. talk about a location this week, and that right. location is the planet of Mustafar. Fantastic! I mean, I mean, changing it up to you know to start mm. off with, fantastic. Um, but what a planet to start off with! I mean, this is it's so much it, 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 that is integral to the story of Star Wars happens on Mustafar. Mm. When you think about it, it's it's like it's like the nexus where everything almost <laughs> changes. I mean, there's a couple of planets that you could probably <clears throat> pick out, like Coruscant and others. Mm. But I mean, it's just so cool of a planet. Um, so I suppose you've just been looking up sort of nice sort of facts about its geology and its demographics and all sorts <laughs> of like it, all sorts of stuff that comes up on the Wikipedia page. I'm sure. Now I know what you're probably thinking. You've you just touched on, you know, Mustafar is one of the biggest planets in kind of Star Wars in terms of what it does in the story. 
You're probably thinking, James, this podcast, it's about the the unknown bits of the Star Wars universe, right? The obscure characters. Yeah. So why are we talking about Mustafar? Because everyone knows about Mustafar. Everyone who's seen yeah. Revenge of the Sith knows where Mustafar is, knows what it is. But there's a lot that's that people don't know. Um, and there's a lot of kind of history and stuff that is has been fleshed out in, in books and stuff and video games. Yeah. But I was surprised to find it. Um, so I think, actually, we'll start off first. What do you know about Mustafar? We'll start there. Interesting. And so, I hope um, it's not everything I've got to talk about, because <laughs> that will really put a downer on the episode. Um, it's it's filled with lava, isn't it? That's that's the big that's the big point <laughs> of topic. Um, that's true. But, the floor is mostly lava but, there. <laughs> literally, perpetually playing a game of the floor is lava from from birth to <laughs> that will be incredible. Can you imagine? Just okay, okay, guys. So. There's there's not a lot of rules on Mustafar, but first of all, you work in the mines and in like mineral refinement. Secondly, I mean, yeah, let's play floor is lava. Off you go. <laughs> but like, I wonder if if for example, there was like a tourist industry on Mustafar, what would mm. that be like? So is there like paddle boarding on lava? <laughs> is there like some sort of synchronized swimming? But it's you know you have to wear some sort of suit, which is. I don't know, completely like indestructible and heat resistant that you can wade through the lava, I don't know. Well, funnily enough, lava sports is going <laughs> to come up at some point. Oh, brilliant. Okay. Uh, okay. Well, I'll try to think of other things that I know. So, um, I mean, first of all, it's uh, it's one of the it's one of the homes of a very important character in the Star Wars universe mm-hmm. um, for a long time, which... I'm not sure if you're going to bring up, but if you are, I might just save it for a second. Um, hint, hint. Are you James? <laughs> if we are talking, about <laughs> uh, I am thing. definitely. It's going to be right in the <laughs> right in the thick of the story there. Okay, okay. I won't mention it, but I know that the separatists do meet there on a regular occasion. So it's um, it's somewhat of a not an outlawed planet, but it's somewhere you know out. It's out of the jurisdiction of the Republic mm. in my. In my point of view, it's not a place where they usually go to often or they deal with. It seems like a bit of a rebellious planet. Mm. You're not that far wrong because Mustafar, as we know it, kind of around about Revenge of the Sith, because that's when we first we first see it in Star Wars. Uh, it's a planet owned by the Techno Union. Remember yeah. that guy from, from Attack of the Clones, a kind of big robot man? He's the one with the massive subwoofer yes. on, his, on his chest or chin. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> You just plug a, you just plug an aux cord into him, and you can play yeah. like like whatever you want out of him. He's a walking dubstep machine. Exactly, it's brilliant. Who knew that Mustafar was actually like the hub of the music industry? Oh yeah, it's it's what? rave central. Yeah. <laughs> so the two things that Mustafar is known for is rave music and mining. <laughs> I mean, it's perfect because it's just dark all the time, so the <laughs> yeah. lights, this light show, would have been bloody brilliant. Yeah, it's just natural strobing. So yeah, it's it's owned by the Techno Union, uh, who use it for for mining valuable minerals, and they operated Battle Droid Factory during the Clone Wars there. Uh, and speaking of the Clone Wars, it's also home to the Black Sun, who we see uh, in an episode of Clone Wars. I think we brought this up in the Sheezle episode, didn't we? There was one of the Fulin, uh Black Sun operatives who lives there. But the thing that we all know about Mustafar, obviously, is the lava. But what, Adam, if I was to tell you that Mustafar wasn't always the volcanic hellscape we know it as, and that once it used to be a lush forest planet full of life and known as a garden world. No. What? Yeah. Unbelievable. Imagine like the Eden Project as a planet. I should say, before I get too far into it, 
we never really do a spoiler warning on this show because most of the stuff we talk about is like from the 90s or 2000s or whatever. Uh, but this is going to touch on some stuff from a video game called Vader Immortal, which came out a few years ago. So just to warn you, if you're planning on playing that and haven't yet, spoilers <laughs> ahead for Vader Immortal. I mean, James, I, I haven't played the game, so I, I assume <laughs> I'm just going to get this spoiled. Can I, can I leave this podcast now? Because <laughs> I, I feel like I want to play it. <laughs> Yeah, get like with someone, get a friend to come down and, and do the podcast with me. Um, <laughs> You're giving me no option. I'm having it spoiled for me today. <laughs> but go for it, go for it. So, so in the current canon, um, under under the Disney canon, part of what made Mustafar such a flourishing world was something called the Bright Star, which was this powerful crystal uh, that nourished everything that grew on the planet. But back in its ancient past, there were two people who lived on the planet called Lady Corvax and Lord Dorwin. And when Dorwin died, his wife Corvax stole the Bright Star and tried to use its power to bring her husband back to life. But instead, the energy she unleashed from the star decimated the ecosystem on Mustafar and wiped out most of its kind of flora. God! Okay. So, sorry, how, how recent was this or how long ago was this? Uh, this this was... Let me just find the... A long time ago. Um, <laughs> a long time ago in a galaxy far, yeah, far away. Yeah, I, I couldn't find a date for it. I just found ancient past. So I'm guessing it centuries must, to millennia. A long time ago. Yeah. I mean, that, that is pretty interesting, though, because you, I don't know, you just never, you, you never think of that planet as being anything else. But I suppose, yeah, there's always a timeline of events on, en- on any planet mm. from, you know, either it, you know, whether it's um, how their civilizations evolved or, in this respect, how the actual planet's geology evolved. And quite abruptly, that's... Gosh, that's crazy. That must mm. have been... That must have been billions or millions and billions of people who died. Yeah, I imagine like a kind of extinction-level event, like, you know, the asteroid that wiped yeah. out the dinosaurs, that kind of yeah. just destroyed yeah, yeah, the ecosystem yeah. of the planet. But it didn't just wipe out life. Yeah. It also... The energy from the, this bright star crystal, it also shifted Mustafar's orbit. And it left it caught between these two huge gas giants that I think you see like behind the planet in Revenge of the yeah. Sith. And the the gravitational pull from both of these planets was so strong that it actually like tore apart Mustafar's surface and kind of like brought this magma God. up from from under the mantle. And that was what turned it into this like unstable volcanic world so everything that wasn't already wiped out by the bright star was then just sort of wiped out by lava that's crazy that's absolutely yeah. crazy I, I i've never heard of that but that is that is unbelievable i know so yeah i, I suppose i suppose mustafa had to go through a quite a quite a transformation <laughs> one could say yeah. i mean I, I can't imagine that any like if if there was any inhabitants mm. that would have taken thousands of thousand years to evolve the climate so yeah. the only way that i can personally see mustafa being inhabited is been colonized mm. um, and i don't know if i'm right but, uh, yeah. <laughs> well we'll find out again it's a bit like that kind of extinction level event where <laughs> you know stuff the only things that survived i think after the asteroid were things like sea creatures and tiny mammals that just managed to yeah. persevere yeah um so that's what happened in canon i'm not yeah. going to touch much on legends just because there's so much to go through yeah but i will just say in legends mustafar again was originally a forest world um, but this wasn't because of the Bright Star, because the Bright Star didn't exist in the expanded universe. Uh, but in Legends, Mustafar was the site of an ancient Jedi temple led by Jedi Master Chu Gondar. Chu Gondar. Okay, interesting. That's, I've, I've never heard of that, that character before, but um, 
that feel like we could do and do a podcast on here. Yeah, I might have a dig on that. Again, this was like millennia <laughs> in the past, so kind of real yeah. age of the old republic stuff. Yeah. Uh, but this temple came under attack by the Sith during the Great Sith War. And the battle between the Sith and the Jedi was so intense that their use of the Force... Okay, get ready for this. You might have to sit down for this. Okay. Their use of the Force literally pulled the planet, pulled those two gas giants uh, closer to Mustafar. And that's, again, what destroyed Mustafar's surface and made it volcanic. What? I know, right? Can we just take a moment what? to to Holy let that soak what? in? Um. Right, hold on, hold on, hold on. So... We're talking, we must be talking here, like, about some some absolutely insane level Jedi. Yeah. Because, right, okay, Yoda barely just about manages to lift a an X-Wing. Uh, or, well, Luke does, I suppose. Um, who is it? Starkiller yeah. in the video games. Um, just about brings down a, a Star Destroyer. Yeah. Um, like, who the hell is able to... <laughs> To absolutely yeet a planet using the Force. I know, right? You imagine, you imagine like in Infinity War, Thanos managed to pull down one of the moons of Titan, but that was with, you know, mostly a complete Infinity Gauntlet. This is Jedi moving a yeah, gas yeah. giant out of orbit. I love the idea though that their kind of battle was just so intense that it just like sent out this kind of ripple and it like just accidentally moving planets out of orbit. How do you do that? That's phenomenal. That is unbelievable. So in both in both canon and legends, Mustafar went from being this forest planet to this molten wasteland. Uh, but it wasn't completely devoid of life, as you were kind of getting at with you know things evolving. Uh, most of the like trees and flora were wiped out, but the Mustafarians who lived on the planet survived, and they evolved to cope with this new environment. So we've not really seen much of the mustafarians on screen no i think they've appeared in like revenge of the sith but only in kind of background shots um there's a couple i think in that room with the separatist leaders but again right. we don't when they're not identified on screen as natives of mustafar okay because when i think of a native mustafarian i'm thinking like i don't know they i'm just picturing my mind some sort of like green skinned mm. character on the planet who like I can't remember whether they were actually in the lava fields on top of on top of sort of floating yeah. machinery, kind of punting around with big buckets of lava. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the the Mustafarians were a kind of insectoid species. Oh. Um, so they were like humanoid, but kind of with insect like right. features. And naturally, living on this planet, they evolved to grow an incredibly tough outer skin, so it protected them from the heat. Uh, but an interesting little tidbit: it was also blaster resistant. Um, which I suppose is handy. And insult resistant as well, yep. I'd, I'd imagine. Yeah. Well. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're really good at that. Uh, can you imagine them doing a course on like resilience or something? And they're saying, oh, you know, you just need to develop a thick skin. And they're waiting thick for people skin. to laugh. Like, Actually, that that's not really that helpful. Um... <laughs> okay, I, like, I like the idea of evolution also encompassing like being able to withstand tra- like withstand <laughs> insults so like like look at look at this unbelievable species who's able to take that cuss from his friend with no with with, with relative ease look um, I, uh, he's developed this over hundreds of years utterly unbelievable look at this native mustafarian able to withstand even the harshest of banter <laughs> So they've already got this incredible attribute of being of being blaster resistant, heat resistant, insult resistant. 
uh, one of the things that these young Mustafarians would do as like a coming of age ritual is that they would ride lava fleas. So these are kind of like big, uh, big insects that live in on Mustafar, and they use them as steeds. Just imagine an earth flea, right? But like the size of a horse. I, I think they might have been on screen in Revenge of the Sith, but I think only like on a kind of distant ridge or something. Yeah, I'm picturing the. Well, I'm not picturing the fleas per mm. se, but I'm picturing the robots. You know the you know the robot that Anakin jumps <laughs> yes. on top of when he um just 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 the yeah. head. Um, and it's just sort of like a head and then a couple of couple of mm. arms coming down below it. I wonder if that wasn't modelled on the flea, was it? No, I think that was just a just a kind of droid. The the lava fleas look like kind of large I wanna say spiders, because I don't really know what an earth flea looks like. Um Right. Yeah. But they're yeah, kind yeah, of like yeah. these large bulbous backs and then kind of big legs yeah. sticking out from the side. Right. Um so young Mustafarians would ride those lava fleas and they would use them to leap over streams of lava as a coming of age ritual. And I'm it what that wow. makes me think of, you know, we were talking the other day about the force rock lift being like a Star Wars Olympic sport. Yeah. We can now add lava flea show jumping and dressage to that list. <laughs> That's just I mean, literally no what's the word? No margin <laughs> yeah. of error in that game. Like literally. Like and also what what happens if you get like a like a faulty yeah. flea who's just rubbish? Like like everyone would be like trying to find the best mm. flea because they know if they pick the wrong yeah. one, you're dead. You're done for. Yeah, and then you could then there'd be a black market of people selling people full yeah. fleas, and there'd be like this sort of. I wonder if there'd be like this regulation <laughs> of the fleet. Ah, the regulation of the flea market. <laughs> James, Brilliant. There's there's a title for a, an episode of Star Wars Vision <laughs> season two. Regulation of the flea <laughs> I love market. Love it. But so this is done at a young age. Yeah, it? it's like a. Um, like a kind of it says coming of age ritual so i i assume like kind of you know adolescent uh mustafarians maybe you know kind of like it's when you become an adult adult or something is when you can jump over this lava stream or when you die in the lava i, I was about to say i wonder what it's like to train up <laughs> yeah. for the coming of age ritual so do you have like a practice jump that's a good you point yeah be. i'd assume you would otherwise you'd get on the flea and be like i i don't know how to make it jump how do i make it go like you must have like well, they'd obviously just jump over just yeah. nothing. But like, I, I like I like to think that there's like a uh, I don't know like a ten yard <laughs> a ten yard like lava jump. So uh, we've got uh, we've got Mustafarians, we've got lava fleas, uh, but they're not the only inhabitants that Mustafar had. As you already alluded to, uh, it was home to a lot of kind of outlaws, unsavory people, general rough mm. types. Uh, because because Mustafar, you know, it, it's a sparsely populated planet. It's out of the way in the Outer Rim. It's kind of that outside of the Republic jurisdiction. It's the perfect place for, you know, the Black Sun, as we've already said, the Separatists. Uh, I pro I imagine there'd be, like, bounty hunters operating um, a, there. and yeah, A massive death stick operation going on there as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Big old death stick lab. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it also uh, attracted... The ancient Sith, uh, again, like centuries or millennia before the events of like the prequels, uh, they discovered a cave with powerful dark side energy on Mustafar, and they built a temple over it. We love talking about ancient yeah, Sith temples yeah. on this. Always comes on up. This podcast. Yeah, it's not a surprise. And that uh, famous resident of Mustafar you alluded to, I'm assuming, I'm hoping that was Darth Vader. <laughs> if not, I can't wait to hear who it was. <laughs> no, it was, it was. Yeah. But Vader later on, he built his castle on top of that cave and the ruins of the temple. So, you know, the, the cave that we see in Rogue One uh, yeah. that is it Director Krennic. Yeah, Orson Krennic. He goes to to meet Vader yes, at his castle. Yes. 
that's built on top of the ruins of this temple and this dark side cave. Interesting. And it was in that mm. inside that cave that Vader created his red lightsaber crystal, um, which I believe is in one of the Vader comics. Oh, that's cool. That's really cool. Yeah. Are you sure that the crystal just wasn't a piece of molten metal? They just stuck in his lightsaber. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, like, it'd just be. I don't know how he would do it, but he just. <laughs> Imagining like on them um, in a new hope when everyone goes to confront him and Vader ignites his lightsaber and it's just this dribble of lava out the top of it. Or, like a welding torch. And then he's just and then it's he's got like he's got like someone else constructing it and they're like they're like oh, 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 it's so hot <laughs> But like yeah, or like I don't know, like it would just or it would just like I don't know what would come out. Yeah, it would just be like a piece. Mm. Of, like it'd be like a bright red light, but nothing else. Yeah, like, he just built it, the world's most expensive torch. But like, there's no, there's no one else there to help him other than Palpatine. So it's just like I love that he would just mm. like. <laughs> I just imagine him going over to Palpatine, being like, "Look, I finally built my lightsaber. I've done it. I've done a red crystal." Yeah. Um, <laughs> Sorry to tell you this, Vader, but um, <laughs> that's pretty. That's, that's just a bit of hot metal. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! But that, I mean, that is oh, that is fantastic. cool though, because I guess we do see a lot of different mm. sources. At least we have a lot of different sources of how Vader construct, constructed his red crystal. Like we've alluded to in another yeah. episode, where you know he had to was he had to kill or he had to kill a Jedi and take their crystal and corrupt mm. it so yeah that was the the same crystal that he took and it was him like corrupting it inside this cave okay okay so i'm i'm not gonna get too much into mustafar's appearances in like clone wars and rebels mostly because i haven't watched yeah. it um yet okay. but i will i want to touch on some of its history post revenge of the sith and one thing i do want to go into detail on and this is where those big spoilers come in for vader immortal okay. so adam mute your laptop okay. so you don't hear any of this um <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> So you remember what I was saying about Lady Corvax and the Bright Star and how she wanted to use uh, the Bright Star's power to bring back her dead husband? Mm, yes, 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 yes. Who else do we know in Star Wars whose story is kind of dominated by the death of a beloved spouse? Uh, death of a beloved spouse? I suppose um, I suppose our everyone's favourite sand-hating, sand-hating, like, Sith Jedi, I suppose. Yeah, so so when Vader was living on Mustafar, he heard uh, this kind of, I assume like a kind of oral legend or something from the Mustafarians, but he heard the story of Lady Corvax and the Bright Star, and naturally he thought, this could be the way I bring Padme back to life. If I find where this Bright Star is, I can use its power to bring her back. Um, so he sets out to do so, and he finds one of Lady Corvax's descendants, who is the player character in Vader Immortal. Right. Okay. They're a smuggler and he kind of kidnaps them and gets them to help him find the Bright Star because it, it's locked away in a vault yeah. and only one of Lady Corvax's descendants apparently can use it. It's something linked to bloodlines or genetics, right. I would assume. Okay. But in the end, Vader's betrayed by this descendant of Corvax who wanted at first to give the Bright Star back to the Mustafarians, hoping that they could use its power to like restore Mustafar back to what wow. it was. Uh but in the confrontation with Vader, they ended up destroying the Bright Star so that Vader couldn't use it and damage Mustafar any further. Because obviously it was it was Lady Corvax trying to use it to bring her husband back that 
wrecked Mustafar, mm. so I imagine trying to use it for the same thing would. Yeah. I don't know how much worse Mustafar can get, <laughs> but yeah, you just... more lava. Can it have more lava? Yeah, you just like I don't know. You impact it more so that the the the, um, the earth yeah. goes down to bed bedrock, and like, it's just yeah, <laughs> it goes all the way down to like the, the mantle of of the planet. Yeah, I don't know what else can happen to Mustafar, but. So the Bright Star was destroyed by this descendant of Lady Corvax. Yeah. And it's said, although we haven't seen this yet because it's, I imagine, will take a lot of time, but it was said that with the destruction of the Bright Star, Mustafar's ecosystem actually started to heal. You know, it was the power of the Bright Star yeah. that destroyed it. And it's said that now that power is gone, I imagine things are starting to get better. Mm. I don't I don't really know what it's going to do about the whole kind of lava situation because that's a separate issue. Yes. But yeah. You know, if if stuff can grow there. Can you just, like, cover it over? Just put some sort of, I don't yeah. know, like some paper mache over it. They, they won't know. Yeah. It's fine. We'll just put some, paint it green. We'll put some AstroTurf just next to there. You know, yeah, fine. <laughs> so that's kind of the last thing we... Well, one of the last things uh, we see of Mustafar in terms of, like, the Star Wars timeline. Yeah. Uh, but the most recent point in canon that we've seen it, and I don't know if... I don't know if you know this. I certainly didn't know this until I started researching this. Okay. Did you know that we saw Mustafar in The Rise of Skywalker? Uh, wait. Hold on. Did we? When? It's it's in that opening sequence. You know when Kylo Ren is on that planet and he's kind of cutting down like those oh, Sith cultists to find the holocron? That's Mustafar. Right. Oh, wait. Yes, it was. Yes, I do remember now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where he's among like the kind of those dark trees. And I think actually those trees were like planted um, fairly recently. And it's an example of Mustafar's ecosystem like recovering that something can grow there. Yeah. But yeah, that was that was Mustafar. And I had no idea of that at the time. There was there was a longer version of that scene that was cut, um, which had General Hux there with him. Nice. And who was the guy that Richard E. Grant played? Oh, Um, yeah, no, I can't remember. I can't remember his name, but yeah. Admiral Pride, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they were both there with him, like, observing the attack. It was a shame that that got cut, but then, you know, the film was... There was a lot going on in that film, I guess. Something had to make way somewhere. It's a shame, yeah, it's a shame we didn't get to see more of Mustafar, but at the same time, that that's interesting that we did get to see another iteration. And and you know the people who he's cutting down on Mustafar? Are they natives? Are they people guarding whatever the holocron is? Yeah, they're a, they're a kind of group of dark side cultists. Um, so I think they were kind of guarding that. Right, yeah. But yeah, it's interesting that, you know, they obviously didn't want Kylo Ren to get the holocron, but yeah, yeah. maybe they were keeping it for like a true Sith or something. Mate, that is, um, that is perseverance. To stay on yeah. Mustafar after Darth Vader's dead. I mean, God. I would like, have gone home. I would you wouldn't you? You'd be like, oh, I've had enough of this. Like I'm going back <laughs> to like feel a bit of rain and wind and everything on my face. Just no, we're gonna stay on Mustafar and like and the Empire's gone, so how on earth are they getting their yeah. food? <laughs> <laughs> They're just they eating rocks. <laughs> yeah. That is a horrible life. Uh, honestly, honestly. Mm. Idiots. Idiots, all of them. <laughs> <laughs> It's 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 funny though, isn't it? It's like it's so synonymous with the dark side that planet, mm. and I mean, of course it is because it's dark, it's <laughs> it's it's volcanic, it's inhos- inhospitable. Of course, it's associated with the dark side. But like, I would, you know, I'd I'd like to imagine, a, you know, a, you know, I'd like to imagine a planet where it, maybe it wasn't all bad. Maybe there was good stuff. Of mm. course, there was your 
there was your story about the people trying to protect the planet. Like, I want to, <laughs> I want to know more about the good side of Mustafar. Mm. It would be nice to see some like some books or comics going really back into that kind of far history. Yeah, back when it was still like Kew Gardens. Yeah, but... <laughs> that's a that's a British reference for all of you international yeah. <laughs> international listeners. So yeah, so that was that was most of what I've got at the moment to talk about. Like I said, there is so much about Mustafar, especially like the kind of ancient Sith. There's yeah. legend stuff. There's a lot of Vader stuff, which I think we could probably pull like another couple of topics. Yeah, uh, but. I did want to, you know, bring back my usual feature of... Of course. Put on your lava-resistant armour. Here comes some hot mooster facts. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) Brilliant. So, first of all, uh, aside from the mineral ore and the dark side, one of Mustafar's other famous exports is the Mustafarian lava bun, which is a round loaf of sweet bread baked uh, by placing dough directly onto the volcanic ground. That is brilliant. That is so cool. Yeah. Can you imagine how, I don't know, just, just how perfectly baked <laughs> that bun would have been and mm. also how quick that bun would have been created. It would have a real kind of nice crust to it, wouldn't it? But it would still be like soft and doughy in the middle. It would. It, yeah. would, it would get the poor Hollywood handshake for another niche British reference. It wouldn't It wouldn't have a soggy bottom. Per- I don't no, think it would no. have a soggy bottom. Oh, no. It would be way too hot to have a soggy bottom. It would have the driest bottom. <laughs> Another British reference, as well. Yeah, like, and also how they'd be able to churn those out industrially, I suppose. Just, Mm. I don't know, it just seems like a kind of thing that they'd be able to just, like, create this massive, I don't know, this massive oven on top of a volcano or next to a lava plume and just keep on, keep on just producing them, I suppose. Yeah, you would not be restricted by, like, kitchen size. No, it's not something you associate with Mustafa, though, is it? It's like, Mm. that's quite a, um, quite a homely warm cozy type export yeah. isn't it like especially the fact that the black sun and um mm. and all of them work on there wonder if they money laundered through the bread companies <laughs> oh my god yes like all the bakeries are a front for organized cropping yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like you would just walk into like okay imagine walking into like a bakery on mustafa it would be like mm. it would be like chiseled into the rock and there'd be like this kind of like big sign and then you walk in and there'd be like this massive black sun henchman standing by <laughs> just being like, hello, what do you want? <laughs> I, 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 I want the, I want the croissant, I want the pan au chocolat, please. <laughs> okay. Imagine like kind of Phil Mitchell. Yeah. <laughs> Phil Mitchell, but bigger, bigger than Phil Mitchell. Like. I could just imagine oh this like, God. this just like. Yeah, network of bakeries like across the galaxy now as just like a black sun just sort of subsidiary. I think we've cracked this thing wide open. I think we have, yeah. (laughs) I wonder if Um, we're going to get a visit now from some of the black sun henchmen. Maybe, maybe. We'll break our kneecaps. Yeah. (laughs) Or no, to to deliver us bread, James. Yeah, deliver us bread. Deliver us bread. Yes. (laughs) Wink. Um, James, I've um, I've Mm. got something for you today. Um, I, okay. Is it a volcanic lava bun? It isn't. No. Um, uh. It's something completely different. Um, okay. I knew that you were, of course, talking a little bit about Mustafar today, so I thought I would um, come armed um, with a little game that we could play. Okay. This is interesting and a little bit scary. I know. So, um, James, I am going to introduce you to um, to a very good game called. Mustafar or Mustaclose. Okay. Oh, I like um, that. <laughs> so, uh, 
<laughs> I, I spent all morning thinking about this. That's this has brilliant. been my whole morning. Um, so, that beats well, Mustafact. I know, yeah. So, uh, welcome to Mustafa or Mustaclose, the Moisture Farm Report game, which seeks to test your knowledge on the geography of the Star Wars <laughs> galaxy. Um, get them right, James, and you will live in the holes of TMFR lore, but get it wrong, and you will leave burned and scarred. Um, wow. so I know. So. <laughs> you really have been planning this all day. <laughs> This is when I was like, I'm going to be half an hour late. I was just trying to think, just trying to think of this. Um, you said you were getting lunch. You were just practicing your copy. Yeah, <laughs> literally, yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, so this is how the game works, James. For the purpose of this, mm-hmm. I will call out two different planets. And you are okay. going to have to guess which one is closer and which one is further away from Mustafar. Okay? Okay. Um, so, i.e. Mustafar or Mustaclose. Um, and if you are listening and you want to play along and show us your results at the end by <laughs> sending us, I don't know how, you just, I guess you would reply to one of our things on social media and see what your score was, let us know. And um, be honest, because we will know. We will, yes. We will know which one of you were lying. Um, and we'll send the so Black Sun bread delivery people around. We will, we will. We will send Drax, the, <laughs> the henchman, to your house. <laughs> okay. Question one, James. So, which one is Mustafar or Mr. Close? Um, Dagobah or Naboo? So, which one is closer or further away from Mustafar? Okay, I think... I think Dagobah is Mr. Close and Naboo okay. is Mustafar. Okay, right. I can reveal that you were right! It was! Yes! You got question one correct. I'm going to keep a little tally of this, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Dagobah was Mr. Close, and Naboo was Mustafar. Um, Brilliant. So, moving on to question two. Okay. Mm -hmm. Which one of these was Mustafar or Mr. Close? Between Endor or Crate? Um... Oh, tough one, because they both seem distant from mm. like the mm. galaxy, but I don't... Ooh. I'm going to say... Oh, um, I'm going to say Endor is Mooster Close and Crate is Mooster Far, even though part of me says it's the okay. other way around. So at the very least, I'm okay. going to get half a point because half of me is saying one answer and half saying the other. Okay, okay. I'm not sure, I'm not sure how this get, that's how this game works. It's yet. how this game works. <laughs> um, so is that your final answer? Yeah, apparently so. Okay. I can reveal, question two, Mm -hmm. that in fact, you were incorrect. Oh, so I only Um, get half a point. (laughs) No, 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 no. (laughs) You take that half a point I've written down half a point. It's in indelible ink. (laughs) I'm coming round there and I'm rubbing that thing out. I am am burning that piece of paper, whatever you're writing I've got one and a half right and half wrong. (laughs) Okay. Um, no, so Endor was uh, was Mustafar and Crate was Mr. Close. Uh, okay. Uh, question three, James. Mm-hmm. Um, which one is Mustafar or Mr. Close between Jakku or Polis Massa, Ooh. the big sort of asteroid colony that we see on episode three? Okay, asteroid hospital. Ooh, that's a tough one because Jakku is quite mm. is meant to be quite far and like it's the back end of nowhere, isn't it? It's the kind of yeah. It's the armpit of the Star Wars galaxy, but... Do you remember the metric to that is always from, like, the cool world, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, oh, that's true, yeah. And Mustafar is out of rim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. so, right, my thinking is... 
I'm thinking Jakku is is really like the back end of nowhere, right? But then, okay. but then Polis Massa. I imagine it's out of the way if that's where Obi Wan and Yoda. Wait, no, no, because Obi Wan and Yoda took Padme to Polis Massa from Mustafar. So I'm going to say Pol- I'm going to say Polis Massa is Mustafar close, and Jakku is Mustafar. Okay, is that your final answer? That's my final answer. I'm just thinking of the who wants to be a millionaire, like do 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 type music, <laughs> just like. <laughs> do I do I get to call someone or? No, <laughs> no, unfortunately not. Damn. <laughs> you have no lifelines. <laughs> um, it's it's all of us. Uh-huh. Um, okay, I like your reasoning. I very mm-hmm. like your reasoning because, in fact, you were correct. Yes. Um, Jakku, Jakku was Mustafar, and Polis Massa was Musta Close. Um, so you are now two, or in your two and a in, half. In your... <laughs> Oh dear. Okay, question four. Question okay. four. Um, which one of these is Mustafar or Musta Close between Bespin, mm-hmm. Cloud City, or well, technically Bespin, um, or Utapau? Ooh, that's a good one. Mm. Okay, where where's Bespin? Bespin's close mm. to Hoth, isn't it? Mm. Utapau. Utapau is really out there as well. I'm I'm thinking like because the separatist leaders went from Utapau to Mustafar. Does that mean that it's close or that they would have gone like really far away to get away from the Republic army? Ah, oh, it's a hard one. Yeah, I'm going to say Utapau is Musta close and okay. Bespin is Musta far. Okay. Final answer? Yeah. Okay. Do do do. Uh James Matthews. You are in fact incorrect. Oh, it no. was uh <laughs> it was um Utapau was Mustafar and Bespin was Musta Close. Oh. Um, so unfortunately, you're now still on two point or two to two point five. I've I've given um, myself a quarter on, point and... for good reasoning. So <laughs> I'm on two and three okay. quarters right and um, one and a half wrong. I mean, you were you were correct in that Bespin was really close to half. In fact, I'm going to give myself on, another quarter of point um... for that. <laughs> um, <laughs> God damn it. Damn it. Um, Because if you have a look on the Star Wars galaxy map, Mm. in fact, it sort of of measures it in kind of squares in terms of how many parsecs everything is away from each other. Um, And Hoth and Bespin are sort of kind of like a square up, Mm. if that makes sense, from Mustafar. Whereas Utapau is close, but it's kind of just almost two squares to the right Uh, of Mustafar. Okay. So... um, they're both really close. Yeah. Most of these planets I've I've made deliberately kind of relatively <laughs> close to each other. Um just to make it true. So um they're not they're not easy by any means. Uh this one is probably the closest of them all in terms okay. of geogra- uh, geographical distance. Are you ready? Question yeah. five. Yeah. Which one is Mr. Far or Mr. Close? This is your final question between Scarif. Or Camino. Interesting. Oh, okay. Scarif and Camino. <laughs> I mean, this is this is really hard because I mean, I'm not expecting you to know where this is in the, in the universe. <laughs> That's the thing. The I've galaxy. got no I'm reference just... for these because I don't know what Scarif is near and I don't know what Camino is near. I don't even know where Camino is because it's not in the maps. No, it's not in the archives. How would you know? Mm. So um, you're having to sort of you're having to base it off your knowledge of like. 
yeah like mm. where it like if it's in the outer rim if they ha- if it's like inhabited by a separatist like i don't know yeah. it's kind of cool to know what your know what your thought process is yeah i mean that's the that was the one thing i was going to go on was that mustafar is a separatist planet and camino was under yeah. the republic jurisdiction i would assume if that's yeah. where the republic army was yeah. made okay i'm going to say scarif is musta close and camino is mustafar okay and if i'm wrong i still get half a point for good reasoning <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I'm putting my foot down. You can't have a half point. <laughs> there was no reasoning. <laughs> that was perfect. I explained reasoning. I showed my working. Yeah. And you got it wrong. It's not like uh, it's like if I did my if I did my reasoning, yeah. Sorry, James, yeah, you got it wrong. <laughs> oh, so only half a point then. So yeah, I mean uh Scarif was Mustafar and Camino was Mr. Close. Oh, okay. um, in fact, they are so close. Really? They are so close. So if you're looking at the core worlds and you go due, I don't even, I mean, is there an east or west when you're going in the galaxy? <laughs> but look at, looking on a map, when you're looking mm. on the Star Wars official galaxy map, if you go due, um, if you go due east yeah. from the core worlds, if you go as far, pretty much as far out as you can go, mm. um, both Scarif and Kamino are pretty much right on the edge. Oh, okay. Um, and they're right next to each other. Oh. So there you go. Thank you for playing, James. Our first iteration of Mustafar and Mr. Close. Um, I enjoyed that. Thank you very much. Thank you for bringing a game. We have to bring games into into more episodes, I think. I know, I know. But I mean, let us know. Uh, let us know if you're listening and you took part in Mustafar, Mr. Close. What was your scores? And if if you want a uh, if you want a PDF of the point system, just get in touch with us. We'll send that over. <laughs> it's very complicated yeah. <laughs> and mostly just based on what I want. Yeah, I'm still kind of debating what points you actually got on the game. I because um yeah. Look, I don't need to defend myself here. <laughs> um, but thank you, James, and uh, thank you all for listening. But we want to know what you guys think about Mustafar, its jungle history, and its thriving bread sector. Uh, you know, what kind of bread would you buy? You know, <laughs> if you were going into the Mustafar version of Subway. Would you get a hearty Italian or would you get a <laughs> or would you get a uh, granary or something? Uh, let us know your thoughts on social media at Moisture Farm Rep. Uh, or you can send us an email at moisturefarmpod at gmail.com. In fact, if you have any suggestions about topics, characters or places in the Star Wars universe, I'll send them our way. And uh, you can also reach us on Twitter. I'm at Wheeler underscore deals. And I am at James16Matthews. And if you like this episode, why not subscribe and leave us a review on your platform of choice? Thank you for listening to uh, James and I. Uh, We'll be back next week, of course, discussing more of the incredible universe uh, and bread shops within (laughs) Star Wars. Uh, But until then, we will see you next time on the Moisture Farm Report. Might have to go and make that lava bun sometime, find the recipe for it.